Welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Michael. I'm Nay. I'm Brennan. Hey. hey. This week we're coming at you from Italy. Mm. Italy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I, I have so many jokes that I could make, but I want to refrain because there's a lot of Italian stereotypes out there. And for some reason, that's like the one racial comedy people still seem to think they're allowed to do. That's, that's weird. It's a weird choice. <laughs> Italians are fair game. <laughs> I guess so, right? I don't get it. <laughs> Wait, what? What kind of racial comedy? What? No, no, I, I don't. Maybe I mean ethnic, but like the Italian the stereotype. Oh, I'm like, oh, you the... think making fun of white people? Is wrong. Uh, no, 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 no. Just like, oh my god. Well, no. First of all, like, Brennan, do you want no, us to start like, over? But you know, like the ethnic whites, like Mediterranean, like the darker white folks who maybe like actually maybe weren't always white, uh-huh. but now are white, kind of like Irish people. Uh. You're like, at this point, you're just white people. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> or is that really ignorant? Tweet me. I don't know. I, that's actually, that's a conversation that I am not able to have. Um, but I think there's definitely a lot of conversation in terms of like Greeks and Italians and Mediterranean in general and how they view themselves and how people view them. And yeah. it's an interesting conversation that we should have sometimes with people who know things about it. Yeah, right. Um. Anyway, that that was my workaround (laughs) to not making a spaghetti joke because that's all that I was thinking. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not good comedy. Uh uh. No, that part I understand. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Well, that would probably win you a legion of fans on Twitter, though, if you were like some hack comic. Fair enough. Yeah. But look, perfectly fine to make fun of white people. I just didn't want to go for the the jugular on that spaghetti joke. (laughs) I know. I hear that. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening. (laughs) We have a guest today. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. And you heard his voice already. He is a producer extraordinaire with so many hit films to his name. I'm talking Whiplash, Ouija, Unfriended, Camp Classic, The Boy Next Door, The Gift, Hush, Get Out, Halloween, The Purge Movies, Happy Death Day and its sequel, and of course, the upcoming fabulous Chris Landon project. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Boy Next Door was camp? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should have done The Boy yeah, Next Door. We should have. Or Ma. he is the executive vice president at blumhouse and a queer ally folks we have cooper samuelson here samuelson here um it's 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 samuelson and he's the president of a feature film so thank you for that demotion unless you know something i don't know no i I looked off imdb pro you might want to get people at blumhouse to (laughs) update that (laughs) update that Hey Cooper, how's it going? Thanks for being here. Congratulations on the announcement. Thank you. The un- the untitled Chris Landon slash Michael Kennedy <laughs> project. <laughs> I guess so. Very excited. Me too. Me it was too. you guys announced at the day before my birthday. It felt like a nice birthday oh, present. What are you about? That's 100% why we do this. <laughs> had nothing to do with the timing Ryan, of the deal closing. Ryan yeah. told you guys. Yeah, Ryan was like, do it on the day before his birthday. It would be weird to do it on his birthday. Hey, do you want to steal his thunder? Too much. You, you know? don't want to do it on a Friday before yeah. a holiday. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Friday was your actual birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. This wasn't just okay. a bit. <laughs> Yeah, we did an outdoor screening of Jennifer's body for my birthday. Oh. And um, did you see that Jordan Cruciola is doing a 10-year anniversary Q&A with Karen Kusama and Megan Fox for uh, Beyond Fest? That I was announced do, today. I, I do know that. I, I know that because um, they were trying to get in touch with Amanda Seyfried. Oh. And I told them good luck. No, no, I told <laughs> them uh, because we did a movie with Amanda. And so I uh, I, I pointed them in the right direction. So yeah, I guess. Uh, if Amanda shows up, it's 
because of me. <laughs> Amanda doesn't show up. It has nothing to do with me. Her <laughs> and Diablo Cody are both based out of New York. I mean, it's hard to get across the country these days. Trying to help everybody out. And I... My mental image of pointing the right direction to Amanda Seyfried is just like you pointing towards like a wicker basket of sunflowers. <laughs> um, just in, in case anyone else is feeling that too. That's, That's yes. She's sunflower incarnate. <laughs> I just always think of her as Karen Smith from Mean Girls. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Amanda. That's a great performance. <laughs> I mean, she's great. Yeah. Her and um, Lacey Chabert are like the unheralded winners of that movie. They don't get enough love for their performances. Cosign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and we all know you love Lacey Brennan. Me? And her Hallmark movies. I mean, look. Party of two. <laughs> look, there's not that many people who can go toe-to-toe with Morgan Fairchild and Christian Mingle the movie. Damn. But I wouldn't say I, I'm Morgan a Fairchild's in that? Oh, yeah. She's the mom of the boy. tell us that? I think I did and did you, you forgot. Did? Yeah. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. I forgot. I forgive you. I forgot. All right. So what's everyone been watching? Nay. Uh, other than Jennifer's Body. Which, by the way, that was a great group movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish fun. the sound was a little bit better. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was fine. I set it up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. Um, but then, obviously, I started Mindhunter because of all the everything you were saying last week. It's and so fucking good. Yes. I love it. Really? Mindhunter is good. Huh? Oh, it's so good. Have you seen- I, I waited forever because I was like, eh. Did you start? You mean you started the first season? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you seen any of it? Not a single frame. Oh, <laughs> so the problem rare. is, if anyone if anyone gets inside my head and says it's a little slow, but mm. awesome, I I just I can't see. I wouldn't say slow. I would just say it's awesome because I didn't find it slow. Do you find it slow? At times. Yeah. yeah there we go. Oh. Yeah, for oh. sure. At times. <laughs> <laughs> no one's dropping the help I'm, I'm throwing down. <laughs> no one's picking up the help I'm throwing down. Um, I yeah, season two is even better. Can't so, there. how far are you into season one? Um, I don't remember what episode number, but it's really good. More than halfway for sure. I love both those dudes. <laughs> and I love that Jonathan Groff is like, he's just so good. He is really good. He's really cute, though. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Is is he less irritating than he was in Looking? Like no. the character, at least. No. no. <laughs> I didn't really watch Looking, so he's just kind of like he's kind of on the spectrum in oh. Mindhunter. So he oh. plays it very like monotone. He doesn't show a lot of emotion, but it works for the character. That's fine. It's part of what's just, so scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. there's like almost like in the first season, there's like a they're kind of alluding to like the there's a hint of the same evil in him that are in these serial killers. And that's why he can connect with them. Yeah. Staring into oh, the void, a, et cetera, et cetera. New, that's a new idea. <laughs> <laughs> True. Sorry. You've never I heard that pitch I before. I haven't, right? I haven't <laughs> seen one frame of the show, but I'm already giving notes on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cooper. Um, Brennan, anything? Yes, actually I do. Um, I watched tigers are not afraid. Oh, um, that's supposed to be great. It was really great. I, I don't want to oversell it because I think uh, people who are being sold like a really terrifying like horror movie are not going to like it um, because if you go in expecting that, that's not what it is. Um, it's it's a tough thing to not compare this movie to the works of Guillermo del Toro, but I want to say that both Isa Lopez, the director, and Guillermo del Toro are kind of working in the realm of magical realism 
um, from Mexican authors like uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez and things like that. So let's compare them to him separately and not her to Guillermo. They're doing a movie together next. They are. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Um, But I I really don't want to say too much about it, except that it is that magical realist take on the drug war in Mexico and the kids who are left behind from the casualties of that drug war. And it's really heavy. Yeah. um, But it also has moments where it is, it's like these are children and they're having fun and they're having a good time in this horrible situation. And there's this fantastical element that I wouldn't call scary. It's definitely atmospheric and creepy, but the real, you know, horror and brutality is what, you know, what people are doing to each other. Mm -hmm. And I was watching this with my boyfriend and he was kind of, obviously my boyfriend is Mexican, but cannot speak for all Mexican people. But in, as a broader generalization of the culture, um, he was telling me about how Mexicans don't really fear the dead, at least culturally and spiritually. Um, Their holidays and their celebrations tend to embrace the dead. Um, and the movie definitely reflects that. And it's really, really powerful and really interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Just, we all saw Coco. We are, we already, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where did you see it? Um, I saw it at Shutter? the Lemley theater in Santa Monica, but I believe it will be on shutter at some point. Okay. <laughs> they had the shutter logo beforehand. Oh yeah. It is a, they did distribute it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name again? Uh, tigers are not afraid. The trailer. Um, really good. Yeah. And the, the Spanish title is not at all the same. The Spanish title is Vuelven, Vuelven, um, which semi-directly translated means they come back, which is also <laughs> a good title. Yeah. That seems like a big whiff on somebody's part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like we have this movie sinister, um, yeah. but we're going to call it, you know, the, 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 the antlers are on the head instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very it's very different promotion but they're they both work for the movie right so yeah because tigers are not afraid is a line that does keep coming back in the movie so they just kind of <laughs> okay. pulled it so there is some context it, yeah, yeah. It, they're not lying to you you it's know what just you don't different. want in movie title that's a title that only makes sense after you've watched the movie correct yeah this is very true is, <laughs> but hey no fault of the movie just the american advertiser and what is the other title right. they come back yeah well that's then. a great title yeah but, they yeah. come back yeah it ain't broke <laughs> I need to find out why this title was named changed research project. Yeah. And I will find out <laughs> next week. Unshaven Michael yeah. Kennedy like holding Guillermo like, del Toro by his ear. Yeah, hair and my, went, my own yeah, hair and my went hands. Full mind hunter on, <laughs> on, on the titles company. <laughs> Give it to me. But yeah, I, uh, I will, I'll rephrase my letterbox review also. Um, basically if you're looking at the, you know, the kind of brutalist fantasy that like Pan's Labyrinth is doing, if we're, if we're saying that movie is painted with like a fine tipped brush, Issa Lopez is used as a fucking paint roller to paint this movie and and it's on fire. Like it is go for the jugular, go for broke intensity. And do you know what the budget was on it? I have no clue. pretty low, right? I have no idea, but probably. Cool. Do you write movie reviews or something, Brennan? (laughs) Yeah. You're so good at that. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Those pearls. Cooper, are you watching anything? Um, my my media diet is is mostly the uh 14th cut of one of our movies. I was just um, say. <laughs> so but uh but the the only thing and, and also I have a cha- I have a challenge which is that um my you know, I can't really watch anything without my wife. It's like a 
co-viewing. We have a, we have a, you know, a co-viewing pact. Um, and so succession is the only kind of consensus show that we can both, um, get into, which, which I, I don't know if you guys watch succession, uh-huh. but. No, not that. Not that I've, I've heard. Of I've, I have seen frames of succession. Oh <laughs> People say it's great, though. Uh, it's it's what's great about. I mean, look, it's 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 to me to, when I watch television, um, it's hard because I feel like TV either has like too much story or not enough story, and that there are very few shows. I mean, Breaking Bad, I would say, is a show that kind of parceled out story really well like you never felt like it was slow or draggy right but you also never felt like it was like american horror story like burning through story really <laughs> yeah. quick. um and succession is is unbelievable in the made way it's about to sustain like a bunch of you know one basic a plot but the other thing that's great about it is um you know that whole th- that saw about um oliver stone you know he made wall street and it was like a cautionary tale uh-huh. like mm-hmm. this is what he he this is he hated wall street and uh and he was trying to tell teach people that like wall street's a horrible place and of course they had the opposite effect totally yep. romanticized <laughs> and glamorized and everyone viewed that <laughs> as like, a as wanna, a model yeah. yeah exactly and and i feel like it's really hard to photograph rich people without glamorizing or valorizing it and we'll talk about that in the movie and, well, <laughs> sure we will. there we go there we go and in so, succession the level of unhappiness that the characters have as a result of their wealth is so potent that you honestly have no desire to be in their world like there's no romantic you you watch that show and you're like get me away from <laughs> it's it's and you just see how toxic it looks it so white it's it's well as the as the as the cis white male at the table i will tell you it is a is a dead-on portrayal of whiteness um but uh but, but, but it's uh no it's just it's 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 got you know it's just one liner after another yeah and, uh, okay and, and i love the cast so good. yeah I and love the, cast the cast is good the Isn't cast it? is good sarah's the, the one who's a real standout is this australian actress named sarah she's the sister She's the sister. Sarah yeah. Sarah She's Sarah got Snook. that like I haven't seen it. I've seen clips and Brian and I have it on our list. Brian and I do the same thing. We watch yeah. one show at a time because yeah. it's the guarantee to get through it. Yeah. But she's got this like fucking just straight as shit like yeah. Bob haircut <laughs> yeah. where you're just like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's just like power bitch. Yeah. yeah. And that's what she looks like. And she always is wearing Wait. like suits. Yeah. Okay, so not like a, a like a, can I speak to the manager, Bob? No, <laughs> like something. <laughs> No, like, no, she's already fired the manager. Oh, yes. she is. She yeah. has taken. Yes. The, she's the killed position. the manager. <laughs> oh, I love that. She got the restaurant shut down. Is, <laughs> and isn't one of the assorted Culkins in this yes. movie? Yes, in the show, Rory Culkins in. Uh, a, uh, is it Rory? I think it's Rory. Or is, is it Kieran? Kieran. I think it's Kieran. It's Kieran. I think it's Kieran. Oh. And then who plays the son? He's great. Jeremy Strong. Is, and then is, Alan Ruck's in it, right? Alan, Alan Ruck, of course, is in I it. I fucking love Alan Ruck. Um, yeah, Cameron is in it. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, it's great. It's just. It's and who's the dad? Um, Brian Cox. Yes. What's it on? Yeah. HBO. HBO. Yeah. Perfect. On Sundays. Wow. That. That, so, Nate, this is not reaching you at all, the marketing for this show, huh? <laughs> no. Yeah. And I'm like, I even have, like, I can watch HBO through Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no, just but all I'm just of like that. The, nothing. That's just not. You're just. And I'm online a lot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I completely. Missed but you me. ever drive on 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 streets and stuff? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of billboards signs. for the show. Yeah. Now I'm gonna notice them all, but yeah, I've seen a <laughs> wow. thing. Yeah, Kara, who was here for yeah. Suffered Wives, I always trust her judgment, and I remember seeing ads for the show and being like, eh, and she's like, was like Cooper. Yeah. It's like you have to watch the show. Mm, it's yeah. so good. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. 
Speaking of HBO, I've been, I'm almost done with Euphoria. Oh. I've got one episode left. Holy shit. This show. I can't. can't. It's like, I love it, but it's just like, I don't even know. (laughs) Like, is it good? I don't know, but I love it. It's fucking nuts. I can't. I, the 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 materials for that show, I just, I just drive me crazy. Like, you're <laughs> allowed to not move the camera. <laughs> like, it's, it's it's very stylized. Oh my god! And there's actually they did an episode where the entire episode took place at a carnival. That was really fucking cool. The right. stylization for that because it had a lot of like just explosions and fireworks, and they utilized like the rides and shit to like full effect for these characters. The show is just, I don't know, like I can't really explain it. It's about a bunch of teenagers who live in L.A., but they never really say L.A. And it's led by Zendaya, who's amazing. And she's like a recovering drug addict and she's playing like a 16 year old. But every it's like a it's like trauma porn. It's like Mm -hmm. that's what Jordan Cruciola described it as is like trauma porn. (laughs) I like to watch it and play Where's Maude Apatow because she's like second build in the show. And it's just like. Oh, is that her behind that cup? She's like never in the show. It's like the most thankless role I've ever seen. And I'm just like, well, how did Maude, how did they get Maude Apatow to do this role? She's in the show. Like we've watched seven episodes. They're an hour each. I think she's been on screen for like seven minutes. And six of them were as dressed as Bob Ross, the painter. (laughs) Because they did a Halloween episode. But it's so fucking great. And Hunter Shaver is, it's her acting debut. And she's, um, trans and she's playing trans mm-hmm. and her character is openly trans and it's it's just such an amazing like i don't know character like i haven't seen on mm-hmm. tv and she's playing a teenager as well and she's got an amazing father who like supports and loves her and le- left his mom her left his wife because of the way she treated mm-hmm. jules so and she's queer on the show right she yeah i mean yeah. And she or did I hear that wrong? No, she, she is because she dates Zendaya's character, but yeah. she also date, dates like another, like a teenage boy in the show too. Yeah. So I think she yeah. called herself Polly when one her <laughs> friend from her old school who's a lesbian is like, you're a big old, like, how are the boys? And she's like, well, I'm dating a girl. And she's like, I thought, you know, like they yeah. have a whole conversation. She goes, I think I'm Polly. She just kind of <laughs> just like doesn't uh-huh. know, you know, it's, it's such an interesting study. It's like one of those shows I think I talked about here, Boston Public. <laughs> where they throw every teenage oh, yeah. problem into like five people. Yeah. <laughs> Boston Public. Best show ever. <laughs> Chai McBride for days. Whatever. I will say I hate a, ho- a Halloween episode because I never know who the characters are anymore. I need everyone to be dressed exactly the same like fucking Doug Funny. I'm not going to recognize them. They all look very recognizable except for Maude Apatow. But you don't know what she looks like anyway because she's never on the goddamn show. She like lays in her bed the whole like every episode, looking at her hot sister Good and like gig. jealous of well, her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I? Uh, can you I bring up get back your your marathoning? Yeah, I actually I'll do it really quick. Okay, um, Cooper, you've yeah. not been here. I've been yeah. running a marathon of movies. I've been watching these German crimmy movies from the sixties. They're these proto slashers that are based off of these 20s and 30s British crime novels by Edgar Wallace. Um, and I will say this is my fifth one that I was writing in conjunction with AlternateEnding.com. I think I am going to take 
a brief sabbatical for the Halloween period, <laughs> um, but I will be back, and I'm trying to figure out how to shape this marathon. But anyway, I watched 1968's Gorilla Gang. Um, it's about a guy dressed in a full gorilla outfit murdering people in the streets of London. Um, <laughs> Sounds uh, reasonable. Is it just one person in a gorilla outfit? Yes. <laughs> but is it like a gang? But, but he runs a gang. <laughs> But the gang is mostly nuns. <laughs> does he stab? Oh, does he like? How does he kill in the grill outfit? He strangles. He stabs. A bit of it. A bit of bit of that. A and dash it's a of the other. Full outfit. It's a full outfit. Like legs, arms, um, head, everything. Don't be fooled. This is not a good movie at all. <laughs> um, but it is funny just watching a guy kind of. It's, it's like the Bigfoot footage. He's just kind of lumbering around Fucking trying to murder it. people. Um, there's a lot going on. A lot of the people who are being killed are these millionaires who have all left their money to the same charity. <laughs> and so Scotland Yard, who's of course always around, um, they're investigating into the charity. And there's this nunnery that's making these baby dolls that have been found in the pockets of all the victims with like notes written on them. <laughs> and it's are very the notes from the killer? No, the notes are from. Um, well, I guess spoilers, um, but they're trying to figure out who the notes are from, but they're in this, what is presented as an ancient African language? They had to hire an African languages specialist who, of course, is a white woman um, <laughs> who then discovers that it's Arabic, which is a pretty com- uh, it's like very in the movie. Thing. Yeah. Oh, OK. So they're like, it's some ancient African text. And it's like, no, it's it's Arabic. It's a language that people are still using. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's a it's very complicated. Um, there is a truly hideous running gag um, with this prostitute who keeps going on dates with the like the leader of the Scotland Yard, and she has a voice like Minnie Mouse, and she <laughs> constantly like bursts in wherever he is, and he's like. Have we a date or haven't we? The you know the dub's not great, um, and literally the ending gag. They're oh, spoiler alert slightly. Um, they're in like the underground lair of the nunnery crime studio. <laughs> um, they have just killed the uh, the gorilla man, and then all of a sudden the prostitute walks through the door of this like locked <laughs> locked down metal room underground and says the same thing. And it's like it's not funny, but I do like the absurdity of what year was this made? Sixty eight. It was wild. So, and why, why are you doing this? <laughs> just, just to learn, just to learn about cinema history. He tends to like, he did a recap of children of the corn. Yeah. All those Hellraiser, right? Did I haven't done do Hellraiser. Haven't Hellraiser. Yeah. What was but, your other marathon? Uh, the, I did all the movies starring La Llorona, the, uh, the Mexican ghost. Well, that at least has a news peg. It's not like there's a gorilla movie coming out. No. Um, <laughs> It was just something I was curious about, wow. and now I've Looper, learned about it. Some shit. of them are fun. Um, yeah, this one was a fucking mess, though. Although I will say, literally, the final shot is of people going like out of the lair up an elevator, and the elevator dial turns from like from all the floor numbers, and then it points up, and the top number just says "Enda," which is like the German version of ending a film with "Finn." Um, I was like, "Oh, that's cute." Um, bad movie. Really boring characters. The gorilla's cool. And it, it, this was German film again? Yes. Are they? Are you doing all German films? All of the Krimi films are German. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was a rough one. Wow. Not, not recommend. Not recommend. <laughs> You've recommended some. Oh, yeah. Creature with the Blue Hand is... Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch that. Midnight I know. Classic. The yeah. hand was huge. How big that <laughs> yeah. fucking hand I, I have a picture, Cooper. Oh, Cooper, you, the, the size a, of this hand. <laughs> um, it's a movie where Klaus Kinski plays twin brothers, one of, of whom might be a murderer. <laughs> Um, yeah, have so you guys do, ever seen uh, the murder oh, weapon? That's a big hand, huh? Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> um, if no, if you, those of you at home who don't have the 
benefit of saying that's a big, big hand, big blue <laughs> sort of robotic yeah. hand. Have you guys ever seen, um, uh, God, what is it called? The Dark Mirror, Olivia de Havilland. Uh-huh. No. Identical twins, one of whom may be a killer. I love me some twin oh, movies. Though. you got to yes. see this. The Parent it's Trap. Incredible. <laughs> the Dark <laughs> Mirror. I love that. Okay. Uh, I think it's called The Dark Mirror. It's, it's I want to say, like 1954. Ooh, okay. It's got a great, it's, it's one of those extremely purple noir. Okay. It, it's sort of like a pre, um, you know, kind of whatever happened to baby Jane type. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's, 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 okay. it's great. It's, Brennan's it's great. got me thinking about how to do a parent trap slasher though. <laughs> get back to yeah. yeah children of the parent trap or whatever they have the same blonde bob it's like Haley mills as children of the corn i would totally this time yeah or the are the rights available this time it's not just the parents that are being trapped it's like a big yeah. bear trap on the poster <laughs> great yes. Exactly. yes kill all those bitches at summer camp who cut her uh skirt uh-huh. off yeah, yeah you pour honey on this right yeah. right <laughs> Yeah, instead of like the furniture glued glued to the roof. Sorry, I cannot talk. Instead of the furniture glued to the roof, it's just body parts. Yeah, and sorry, Lindsay Lohan. You're hold not on, hold this. on. Are we? Are we? Are we? I thought we were talking about the Haley Mills version, but are we talking about the Lindsay, the, the Nancy Myers version? Oh, that's we fine. can talk about both. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. I I just decided that Lindsay Lohan's not doesn't have anything to do with this. It's Haley Mills. <laughs> no, do it. Yeah, <laughs> okay, good. I just I haven't seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> You've never seen the Haley oh, Mills really? one? No. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Okay. There's songs I, I will. and everything. Yeah. There's music. There's singing. Is there's there really? dancing. Yeah. Is it like an actual musical number? Or is it like? No. There's like no. a couple musical numbers though, right? But there's one what full you one. You mean right? the, the marching? Like the uh, Well, let's get, the let's get together. Oh, right. Let's get together. When they sing that's that right. to their yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then. Uh, but it's it's to be clear. It's 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 sort of diegetic. It's to, in the movie. It's uh-huh. not. They don't depart from the. Yeah, yeah it, they don't it's do not like some, a yeah. Bollywood. Yeah, exactly. Musical yeah. number. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Correct. It actually, yeah, makes sense. All right. So we are here to talk about a movie. Cooper's here like, let's go. get on with it. Here we go. What'd you pick? So so I, uh, I I picked the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, the I well I, I originally chose Purple Noon and, uh, and talented Mr. Ripley, but I guess you guys you know were too busy watching German <laughs> crimey <laughs> movies. Um, and so uh, so we we narrowed it to uh, Mingela's 1999 film, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, we have a trailer. Oh, right. little, little little titillating snippet. Yeah, maybe. Mickey Greenlee. It's Tom. Tom Ripley. Tom Ripley? We were at Princeton together. Did we know each other? Sorry, what is it? Ripley. How do you do? We'll just be for a little while. No, oh, I yeah. like him. Marge, you like everybody. Marge. You like everybody. You uh, stay at Dickie's house. What's that, like, Dickie's a shaker? <laughs> and his father picks up the tab. What did you actually do in New York? Telling lies? Forging signatures, uh, Impersonating practically anybody. I love that. What? Tells them the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what? So I remember seeing this trailer back in high school, probably before like Urban Legend or some shit. <laughs> and they like cut it as like a scary movie trailer. Yeah. Like the one that was playing in theaters back then. Do you remember that? You know, I don't know if I remember the scary movie trailer. Um, because it's also it was also sort of high tone, right? It was like it was right after English Patient. Yeah. And it was. Um, 
you know, he was like, it was, it was, it was fancy, but I'm sure interesting that you, you remember being pandered to. Well, yeah, definitely. They did a pandering trailer for sure. And maybe you were watching different movies in 1998, so there were different cuts to the trailer too. Well, that's like, probably was Michael the slasher. Well, when I watched one. this trailer yesterday, um, like, I was like, I've never the, seen never, this trailer. trailer. This is not yeah. the trailer because that yeah. moment where Gwyneth Paltrow screams ridiculously <laughs> for too long because Dick um, Tom says hi, Marge. Um, <laughs> that was in that trailer as like a very spooky moment. Right, right. But I remember going and seeing this movie. And being disappointed that it wasn't like a scary movie, really, because it was definitely marketed as one, at least to right, teenagers. Right, right, interesting. Yeah, well, I guess also they had you know Gwyneth Paltrow, young cast, right, right, yeah, right. yeah. But anyway, does anyone have a shady summary? Oh yeah. Okay, fine. Um, a psychopath thrives on the fact that nobody can tell rich white men apart. <laughs> okay. Damn. Um, do you have one from our? I do have Facebook one from our group? Facebook group. Um, oh, Attack man. of the Queer Wolf Pack on Facebook. You should follow us. Oh, um, people went in on this movie. <laughs> um, I we have a good group of people. You that. mean they were coming coming for this? They movie? were coming for this movie really? in a major way. But I picked, really, I picked moderator Mama BJ Colangelo's. Yes, um, you know BJ. she's she's excellent. She deserves all the praise in the world. Um, the thrilling tale where one moderately handsome white guy is called talented for his ability to impersonate a different moderately handsome white guy. <laughs> well, I take issue with the, the, the adverb moderately. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, interesting. Well, I was curious rewatching it to see the extent to which it was, it was problematic or, uh-huh. or not. Um, because I feel like these days you, you watch movies from, you know, Aziz Ansari has a great bit about like, we watch the hangover, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's like, it's like already problematic. I mean, American pie. I watched <laughs> three of them one weekend. Well, like, I rewatched well, the three, but, and they were like, they're rape the movie. They're well, like, well, 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 <laughs> let me, not that, not that, not that I'm going to, I'm going to stand up for American pie, but, but I will say as, as problematic as, I mean, you know there's revenge porn basically is a, is a is humorous plot, humorous plot point of, yeah, uh, so like, cute. She gets kicked out um, of school. He's allowed to roam the halls free. But yeah. I will say that the one thing that, I, that, that I think is somewhat redemptive of American pie is that the girls in American pie control the sexual destinies of the boys. So the boys drive the movie, but what they discover is basically that the girls have all the power. And I feel like as much as say my name bitch is a, is a laugh line. <laughs> it's also like the truth is that you have to obey <laughs> the girls. I will say in adjunct to that, obviously there are extremely problematic elements to, to even the first American pie of, you know, the whole, I mean, filming Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth character, yeah. yeah. On but yeah, everything with her is extremely a problem. The entire, her um, entire characters, but, arc. but the, the crux of the movie is about a bunch of horny teenage boys who, yeah, that no, the I mean, vaginas I that they're interested it's in just, are attached to actual people. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not all of them choose to lose their virginity at the end of it. Yeah. So they yeah, learn yeah. a lot. Yeah. So they do learn. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting to look one back of the more and be like delicate. No one said anything that type of movie. about yeah. Nadia being filmed yeah, without yeah, her yeah, consent. Yeah. You know, it's just, but no. I actually have a shady summary too. Okay. Watch Baby Matt Damon, single white female, peak Jude Law in a movie that made 19-year-old Michael feel things below and 39-year-old Michael wonder who designed their clothes. (laughs) 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 I want their outfits. There are some good ones in there. Mm -hmm. Those turtlenecks? (laughs) I do. I love a black turtleneck. I'm like, sorry, Steve Jobs. (laughs) (laughs) What's that bitch's name that was trying to dress like Steve Jobs? Um, Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. (laughs) 
Um, I had one shortly into the movie and then finished the movie and was like, oh, this isn't actually 100% accurate. But at first it was like white people ruining jazz again. (laughs) But then there ended up being some really good jazz in it. (laughs) I'm like, I want to go to that cellar. This movie called Whiplash. Just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to take that personally. Um, there is yeah. a lot of good jazz. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to that cellar. Yeah, and then did cellar. you come up with another one, or you just no. were like, I'm, no, I'm yeah, taking just, this one? Just, I knew you were it gassed. was going to be. You were like, ah, my work is done. Right, <laughs> but I knew that it was just going to be really similar to what um, a lot of folks in the FB group had said, and then you, yeah, you know what we text about. So I was follow like, the group and read that whole thread. It was hilarious. <laughs> really funny. I'm sure white privilege. The movie came up. Oh yeah, yeah, but, lots yeah. of that. And I was like, I'm just going to be redundant. So. Um, um, well, as a spokesman for white privilege, I would say that the um, uh, we were just talking, Michael and I, before we started running uh, uh, recording, we're talking about um, his uh, sister in law, sister, no, si- boyfriend, sister, boyfriend, sister, si- 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 sister in law, I guess, sister-in-law? yeah, long enough now, yeah, upgrade, and um, uh, about living in France. And we just got back from France, so I would say, and I watched the movie again uh, when I was in France with my family, and I would say, uh, say, say, uh, l'enfer. C'est être homosexuel dans les années 50. Um, <laughs> it, which is, which is, of course, you know, Sartre. Uh, the hell is the other. The hell, instead of hell is the other, it'd be hell is being gay in the 1950s. Um, because the movie, to me, what's so interesting about, especially watching it, knowing the book and, uh, and, and the, the Rene Clement adaptation from, I guess it was 60, 60, mm-hmm. 60 is, um, is the degree to which every single version of the story has gets more and more gay. Yeah. And the characters get more and more punished for it. They, um, um it's funny they bring that Patricia Highsmith has always said that yeah. she never considered him gay, which I, I think mean, is interesting. Huh. I guess in her later books, I've never read any of the later books, I guess in his, there's four novels it's I think, four, in yeah, his series. Yeah. He's like ends up married to a woman. So she always claimed that he liked, actually, I think I have a quote. I don't, Um, (laughs) but she said something to the effect like he find, he can find the beauty in men and he can find them attractive, but she never considered him gay. He just used that to his advantage. Well, one of the, he envied them. He wasn't attracted to them. Right. She kind of put it. Whereas Phyllis Nagy, right. Who was like a really good friend of hers. Oh, privately said that, said that Patricia privately Highsmith, the author was like, he's gay. Wow. Yeah. Well, you so can really she, trust Philip Nash to keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she she wrote the the novella that Carol was based on. She has queer. She was character. queer. Yeah. Yeah. Patricia also, Highsmith was we, queer. We love Patricia Highsmith. She showed up to a party once with a purse full of snails saying they were her companions for the evening. You're fucking kidding. I am not kidding. <laughs> what? Patricia Highsmith is. Uncooked snails. Were they living alive? Snails. Like hanging out? Yeah, they were alive. Oh, God, did they have a wow. Can you imagine them being I mean, I Patricia Highsmith's assistant? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Honey, <pack> my snails. <laughs> yeah. Can you Live. imagine we're being her snails? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, everyone else is like in the shallow water. Yeah. And Can you imagine not <laughs> getting... Like, we are hanging out with Dorothy Parker. <laughs> Can you imagine losing Patricia Highsmith's attention to a snail? <laughs> like, See, how much do you suck? Have you ever seen snails fuck? No. Is it really you, slow? Okay. Wow. You should just like you should sting. watch it and you might see how they could captivate someone. And animals fucking is captivating. Especially insects. Yeah, that too. 
But yeah, look up snail sex. All right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can't wait to see the Facebook group after this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like this movie, like that fucking cast, right? So it was written in the screenplay was by, how do you say his last Yeah. And yeah. The, he was directed it. Yeah. And Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, Kate Blanchett, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, holy shit. In 99, that was a huge cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. So, um, hold on. So, so just for, for listeners at home, I'm kind of detecting that the, the, the you guys are going to, you guys are not into this movie. Oh, no. I loved watching it. Yeah. I, really? I, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed oh, it. Really? Yeah. 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 So, it's re- just the Facebook group. I like the movie, <laughs> yeah, but no. I do think there's like 20 years removed from it. There's like a lot that you just see. And, and it's okay. Like, we talk about the context. Let's be specific. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear it. Um, I just, I'm, I'm like kind of just remind, there's two things that I kept thinking about during the movie. One was I felt really uncomfortable a lot of the times watching it because I remembered, I started thinking about like college and high school and like guys I had crushes on that were straight and who I was like, mm. they're my best friend. And I started thinking about all the stupid mm-hmm. shit I would do <laughs> as like this person's friend, not realizing that I was actually me wanting to be their boyfriend. <laughs> so like, it was hard to watch it. A lot of times, because I was like, oh, my God, I'm Tom Ripley, minus the murder. <laughs> like, like I had a friend in college who, like, didn't know it at the time, but I was, like, sort of obsessed with, who was, like, probably my best friend at the time, but I was also sexually attracted to him and wanted to right. date him. But it was, mm. like, me trying to, like, figure that shit out while also being this person's friend and reacting the same way Tom did at times, like, to his girlfriend, like, getting right. jealous of time he spent with his girlfriend so so in that sense it was a little difficult to watch because i started like i started having flashbacks of shit i forgot about right and you're just like oh fuck <laughs> how embarrassing oh, yeah. i was right. well i thought that was i mean that was to me successful about the movie in that oh in that yeah. you like don't you you that's what's why i feel like the whole point of movies is to get a gather an audience and like make them feel what it's like to be that person yeah. or whatever and uh and i thought that that it was it was you kind of totally understood oh, why he was obsessed with it and and the fact that he was able to that obviously he hated himself right like that's he he that's why he put himself in that situation is he kind of he he it was easier for him to murder dicky and take on his identity than than actually pursue a love affair with dicky um but that the, the fact that he he has this it's this albatross for him that he turns into a fucking strength the fact that like the unspoken relationship the quote-unquote relationship that he had with dickie ends up being his his way of defending himself against a murder charge is like kind of incredible the fact that yeah. philip uh what's his what's uh what's freddy? his name freddy no not freddy but um peter the, oh, the, the, uh, the, the private eye shows oh. up oh. and he's philip like Baker he's like, philip Baker hall is like and he's like private eye. yeah it's like you know we're, we're having like a magnolia reunion in this movie and um <laughs> and and uh and and philip Baker hall he's like introduced as this like guy who take who sees through everything and takes no shit mm-hmm. and what he sees through is he sees that they were in a gay relationship so he's gonna like brush it under the carpet well for yeah that's him. how i took it's, it is the dad would rather his son be dead be oh oh then 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 gay then gay yeah and and they were covering up the pregnant mistress too like yeah so he'd rather believe that his son killed himself over a gay love affair than believe he was actually murdered by somebody it's it it's and and especially i mean look it's all i feel like purple noon if 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 you guys have, have seen it is like 
obviously is is much more the Richard Highsmith version of the movie, right? Right, and and that it, that the, the gay stuff is entirely subtext, subtextual in that in that movie, but which which I feel like in general is more is always a more successful way of addressing these things. It's just like buried in in a kind of subterranean way, um, but uh, but I just think it's if you're going to bring it out, if you're going to bring it to the surface of of talented Mr. Ripley and use it in the plot and it's just used so so brilliantly i think in this in the plot in the actual plot of the movie is is there a way to look at it though that like patricia highsmith may her pov may be ex, not acceptable but palatable because like there is a way to look at it to me where he's like using like he isn't queer and he's playing up all of it just to get what he wants. I don't think. Because does he in, want Dickie or well, does he want to In the Minghella version, I would say that it's a crime of passion on the boat. In the book. And he does essentially say, like, let's be together. <laughs> yeah. And he said, yeah, he said, and he said, how can you not recognize what we have or whatever? Mm, and you love me too. Scene. Yeah. And so. I have the bathtub scene. Yeah. We have clip yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, <laughs> what we really want is just the audio from the bathtub. Scene. We do That's have the audio. I, I, I do have. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like the best form for uh, for consuming this particular scene. It's just the audio. I know. Um, I can describe the yeah, cigarette moving do, past you. Yeah, will wet you please abs? do uh, a play? Um, play. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? He's like rubbing his hand in it. Yeah. I'll just grab his car. <laughs> Dickie's an asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want you, but here's my cock as I get out right. of the tub. Right. But also, it's interesting because Dickie obviously is an entitled, privileged, rich white kid. And the the way that he can say no to a request is not something I've ever felt myself capable of. Um, where he's like, can I get in the bath? And he says, no. Like, it's, it's flat out like, I don't want this. You can't have this. And he makes a decision. And... I'm like, could you imagine having that much confidence that you can tell somebody? Well, no? and then to get up completely nude in front of the person that just said that to you oh. and then let him ogle you, catch him ogling you, and then just kind of let him continue ogling yeah. you. There's oh, yeah. a, oh. there's a, you know, like a, a little bit of like egomaniacal sociopathy in Dickie too. Like he's yeah. all about oh, Dickie. He's a complete, he's a narcissist. Total, he's a, and I think actually what's interesting about what Mangela does is he dials up dickie's evilness um and dials down tom's mm-hmm. compared to certainly the book and the original in the uh and the purple noon purple noon um and i think that's really successful like i, I think you actually i mean really aren't tom aren't team tom like for even after dickie's death like he he's he's really really a bad guy mm-hmm. and um and anyway, I, I, so I, th- I mean, I, again, I think it's one of those things where you, you know, there's also the kind of a Meredith character that was complete, uh, was it totally originated by Mingella? Not in the book. It's not in, in Purple Noon. And by just, Kate Blanchett. I mean, that's, and, and Kate Blanchett going, trying out her Catherine Hepburn uh, <laughs> impersonation <laughs> 10 years before the aviator. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, and, and so, and especially her as this like, like sort of frustrated straight white girl avatar and and like you know and and the fact that that uh that you know she 
her presence at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, is what makes him have to kill Peter. a guy that yeah. he kind of that he really I mean, likes. He really so. does like Peter, which is um, sad. Yeah. What do you think? Just of the whole Dicky Tom of it all. Do you think Dicky has an attraction to Tom? Um, he has an attraction to the attention. It probably could have come from any, not anybody, but like a lot, several people. It might not have been anything special. Yeah, because Gwyneth has that great scene where she's kind of like, when you're new, yeah, you yeah. Got Dickie's yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but what you said earlier about like, does he want to be Dickie? Does he want to fuck Dickie? I think that's just like the queerest part of it because maybe <laughs> you don't know. I think that happens to queer folks a lot. Yeah, and it definitely was kind of what that's a quicker way to describe what I was feeling. While watching yeah. it and like thinking about my mm-hmm. hi, like high school and college, mm-hmm. like now I know I wanted to fuck this person. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> when you're, you know, when you don't fully know, it's it's an inner, it's a huge inner conflict. Well, especially if you don't fully know and you live in a world where that's a fate worse than death. Yeah, when although you're like f- whatever, you're you fucking know. running around on the beach in a fucking mint green speedo in the 1950s, gay. <laughs> oh, he he got that. <laughs> Um, no, Matt Damon's like little skimpy briefs. Those are totally from the Gail Weathers collection. Oh my God. They actually um, just cut her skirt. Oh, yeah. Different. <laughs> um, oh, but I wanted to clarify something about Dickie saying no, because it was a naked bath time situation. I didn't want, I don't want to accidentally mix it up with or conflate it with consent. Cause everyone should have the capacity to say no in consensual and sexual situations. But there are a lot of scenes where they're like, Oh, Dickie, let's go skiing or whatever. He just says, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I got that. I took that from you because he kind of just tells people what the fuck he's thinking at all times. I was like, totally offended by what you said. <laughs> I just wanted to make that clear. Like how but. he's just like, you get on my fucking nerves. Wherever I go, there's Tom. I'm like, I'm not, the boldness, man. Yeah. yeah. Dickie actually reminded me a lot of Beck from you um, in the sense that like he's obsessed with the shiny, flashy new thing and then he wants to throw it away. But that thing does not want to be thrown away. Um, and Beck is like one of the most grating characters on television. <laughs> oh yeah. And Dickie's not a peach. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. I just kept thinking like, what is Gwyneth Paltrow's character attracted to? I guess his money. I think she's rich too. She is. Yeah. And she seems to be the only I mean, one that has any attractive. I mean, he's yeah. hot as hell. Yeah. It's like peak Jude law, but she's the only one that has any, like she wants to be a novelist and she's actually actively writing a book in the movie. So I don't know. I just, her character is always really interesting when I watch this because she's, she has like plans and she doesn't really seem, she likes time with Dickie. It seems like, and she likes frolicking on the beach, but she doesn't seem to be into like the whole skiing situation that they're talking about. Every time they talk about Uh plans as a group, she kind of doesn't seem to be interested. So every time I watch she doesn't really have anything to do until Dickie's gone. Well, yeah, she has something to actually pursue. I called them the Academy Academy award winning plot pawns (laughs) up until like they're necessarily needed in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, Oh, sorry. I mean, she's like, he's going to dick me down on the boat. I know. Like, I don't really want to go sailing, but I know he's that at fuck some me. point he's, <laughs> he's his balls to the walls later. Like, I already know. Wow. Um, some people, realize, some people are in it for that. could be a, a, both a transitive and intransitive verb at the same <laughs> time. Jude Law's dick? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, you also, have, have you guys seen uh, Purple Noon? I've no. seen it. Been ages. Yeah. So the crazy thing about the movie is, is the, I can't remember the actor's name. The it's French so guy. tame. It's, well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's tame, but the, the actor who plays Dickie 
in the original, Philippe in the original, um, looks so much like Jude Law. He does. I was looking at pictures you can't today. Believe, like you, yeah. you, and and by the way, Anthony Minghella like had made a movie with Jude Law. It wasn't like Anthony Miguel was just casting the movie to have a guy who looks exactly like right. the guy in the Rene Clément movie. But like it is, it is, I've, it's, it's so str- almost strange. Yeah. I was doing research today and I found a black and white photo from that movie and I thought it was, it was a black Jude and Law. white shot yeah. from Ripley until I mm-hmm. noticed the was, other person in the shot was yeah, it was Alan a French Delon. actor. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is like even like, the body. They're, they're, it's Their bodies strange, look essentially it's, the same. It's, it's a it's a borderline strange thing. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, in a movie about doppelgangers, it feels appropriate. Yes. So uh, was he that talented? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's deceitful mm-hmm. and can lie his ass off. But when it came to like the impressions, yeah, it was just I, <laughs> as I, real as weak. This is the way I'll put it. Yes, he was talented because I wanted more. I wanted more for his reel. That's a good way to yeah, play. Yeah, it was like, show me your Mickey Mouse. Come yeah, on. Yeah, like, give me your Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, by the way, I felt had the gayest performance in the movie. <laughs> Did anyone else think that? I always think little, that. Yeah. Little, little, like, little he's little supposed to be like the womanizer. And I'm like, he plays it gayer than <laughs> Damon. Well, he right? pulls into that square. I'm kind of just like, this bitch just I parking whenever it. he feels like I it. I lost it. That was so funny to parking me. Parking in front of a the giant arms <laughs> That's pretty great. And then like where he parked like right before he gets killed. (laughs) (laughs) There's not another car in sight. This is a movie about white people doing whatever the fuck they want. Americans in Europe doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. True. I feel like there's a whole section of this podcast that's, you know, that that sequence on uh, Seth Meyer where he he talks about this jokes jokes Seth can't tell. (laughs) I feel like the degree to which Philip Seymour Hoffman seems gay in The Talented Miss Ripley is a whole area that I just you can't I have touch. To, I have to absent myself. From this. So well, thank you for your presence. So yeah, um, he's creepy though in the movie. Oh, Philip Seymour great. Hoffman is yeah, so detestable. I mean, how's the peeping tom is not in the book. It's not in <laughs> it's the original. That? It's a. Uh, I mean, can you imagine being Anthony Miguela and you're like you're adapting this book, right? You're you're like. And you come across that idea for using it's Tom's really, name with peeping. And uh, you, I mean, it's, I, I would be like, that, I would be like, I'm putting down my, my typewriter. I'm done for the day. I'm going to take an early lunch, yeah. but it is a really creepy scene mm-hmm. oh, to yeah. me. That's one of the, I felt, I felt maybe that was the creepiest scene in the movie to me because yeah. it made me feel so many things, but two of them being, he's not wrong. Yeah. Tom is gross and peeping there. But somehow Philip Seymour Hoffman made it feel so yeah. gross about him yeah. well, and he, gnarly well, and dirty. Knows. Philip Seymour Hoffman knows oh, that yeah. it's not about March. Yes. That's 100%. So, and, and, that's and that's another just, reason I hated him because I knew people like that when I was younger yeah. that knew before right. me and they were dicks to you yeah. about it. Like, did sure. you experience? I'm sure oh, you yeah. experienced it too. Oh, yeah. What'd you think of his character? Um, no, that it reminded me of times like that where someone else would like label you based on how you look or how you act um, in terms of your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And back in the day being like, man, fuck them. Like I'm not gay. Right. <laughs> oh, they were right. <laughs> but you do bring up a point on the show every once in a while that I love is like, you love finding, remembering those moments from when you were like yes. seven and you're like, Oh yeah, I was a little lesbian then too. Yeah, for sure. It's super validating. <laughs> You're like, oh, especially as a late bloomer gay. I'm like, oh, you know what? So what? Maybe it took me a while to like come to terms. It was always there. The seeds. Yeah. Were the hiding. seeds. You know, they were there. Yeah. 
I love it. <laughs> but you're right. He did make that so much grosser. Like something about the voyeur watching the peeper. It was like the, the voyeur people. watching the voyeur and the way he was yeah. drinking that wine. And it sounded like he was chewing something, but I couldn't yeah. find any food. And his, 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 his <laughs> unrestrained glee. In yes. Him. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause he wanted something too. Right. Which was well, to catch Tom in some sort of yeah. away from well, his friend. But also remember that Dickie goes, but I think Dickie has some line like Marge maintenance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. like the sex act that's happening is it's like a bad for everyone. <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's also, bad, know, for her. bad for her. Paul, Paul, Gwyneth Paltrow is the biggest victim in this movie. Yeah. Um, also the, the part at the end where she He's knows that truth. Yes. And she's written off as, you know, it's female hysteria, hysteria, and we're gonna hide all of these dark secrets from her. It's like, no, she knows exactly what's yeah. going on. She's like, you killed Dickie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and again, the woman not being believed. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Um. I will say, in addition to you talking about like white people doing whatever the fuck they want in this movie, it's also it speaks to how if you have rich people have the whole world at their finger fingertips, but they have like six places that they go. Cause they're all running into each other. Um, cause, yeah, like who runs into somebody yeah. at the fucking opera? No, because they're all going to the <laughs> fancy rich asshole places. And that's why they keep running into each other. Cause they're limiting themselves to places that only rich people want to and can go. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they keep bumping into each other. Ugh, I hate it. Brian just kept laughing because he had never seen it before. And he just kept being like, what year is it? Why is he taking like the Titanic to Europe? <laughs> <laughs> and like, they do boat a lot. They like do travel by boat a lot in this, in this movie. It's, is that in the novel? I can't remember. It's such an interesting choice to I, me. There is definitely, I mean, he definitely gets killed on a boat in the novel. Well, yeah. Um, but I don't like a lot of their travel a, is by boat. Well, that's how they also remember. That's how he picks his, his, his house, right? He says, this oh, is right. how I yeah. in Manji. I just right. went out on the boat. Can you yeah. imagine? Like picking it from yeah. the sea. Like, I'll I live it. there. Yeah. I want it. What's, the, what's that Ariana Grande? <laughs> yeah, Seven Rings. <laughs> yeah, that part was really striking. It reminds me of when we go, uh, some friends and I, when we go kayaking in some marina down in um, Seal Beach. And we pretend to pick out our houses. <laughs> I do that kayak, too. And like, well, that's my house. Well, that's my house. Cool story. But he actually did it. Well, More than once. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wherever he went, he's like, it's chill. Well, that's Wherever the thing about like super rich people. They have hedges on the road. <laughs> they don't have hedges on the water, right? right? That's the whole point right. of having a house on the water is that you can see the water. But then, of course, all the, uh, the gen, gen, gen pop can see you. <laughs> gen pop. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the all, proletariat. That's why all the rich people in LA want to make their beach private. Oh my gosh. So did you ever, did you, pores. did you guys, I don't know if when the, when the less, this is complete, um, uh, you know, digression, but when the whole Les Moonves thing was going on, there was some story about how apparently there's some law and whatever Malibu <laughs> that you get, you, your, your land is technically like halfway from the edge of the beach to the, to where the water is. Mm-hmm. So of course the thing about the tide is <laughs> it changes that. <laughs> right. And he had like a security guard whose one job was to like move the cones. He had, co- uh, he had orange cones, orange cones to like demarcate where his property ended, wow. but, a, and, and, and it had to keep moving it as the tide wow. came in. That's a good job. job though. Yeah. And well, it's like the, it's, it's no, it's the snail. He's the snail. <laughs> 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 He's Patricia Heights, Miss Purse snail. Um, and, and I just, I just, 
the the like i just i want to like be there with that guy as he he's like this is my job i'm like demarcating like can you imagine also people walking by on the beach yeah well like, I, the, that person's crazy I, Why read, keep moving <laughs> I heard about this story just via like i don't know if it was like jen kirkman it was like a popular female comedian like was tweeting about the oh, one yeah. time she met Lu- Mez, les moonvez yeah. was when he was sitting between his orange cones and just reading that tweet made me laugh really really <laughs> hard <laughs> so then of course i went and looked i'm like what is she talking about and it was a real thing oh oh like, well well it, orange it, coned it, himself and also the sort of the the kind of um incrementalist nature of that kind of massive wealth that you've just you just gradually get to the point where one of your staff is moving cones and, but like there's not this like bright line that you cross like oh i'm like i'm like cone moving rich you know like but, but you know like, how many times julie chen probably had to hear about him being angry about someone walking between his cones? i mean it's it's but, but 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 and that's and that's something that i think you know like the the purple noon adaptation does not does not do which i think is a mistake is it, it doesn't have any of the new york stuff so you don't feel um, Ripley down on his luck. You don't feel him in his little garret. You don't feel mm. him like, well, even the driver says something to him. Yeah. Like this thousand dollars. What did he say? Like yeah, this thousand dollars is going to, it's going to go, go a long way, go a long way in this, in this shithole apartment yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and, and just, um, I feel like, you know, I certainly in my job doing scary movies, having, um, having like a huge sort of, uh, emotional desire for something uh in his case you know that life or whatever um is so is so powerful and you you just in 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 the renee clement movie uh it's like he's a he's a psychopath basically from the get-go so you don't you don't like oh like oh what does he want or whatever he just he's you know he's basically a murderer um and uh in 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 the in the book obviously you have the advantage of interiority or whatever you can create more uh character that way but but the book also starts in new york too and and just like having that like drawing contrast between that little you know nothing little garrett and that and that you know in Mangibello or whatever you know being beautiful is just so you buy so you you totally understand why why tom would white knuckle it with this relationship and just keep his hooks in and try everything he could. Well, and he says it in the beginning with the jacket, like it yeah. all started with the jacket, jacket yeah. and he got a taste and he had to have more, Yeah, you know, yeah. which is kind of yeah. like, it's, I think it's an inner desire. A lot of people have and to just see it played out. And there's always something in 2019, like really awesome about seeing a bunch of rich people just get their ass handed to them yeah, by some yeah. random dude, essentially at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um, but there is that scene with Kate Blanchett where she's like walking down the steps and she's mm-hmm. like, don't you just get so rich? You hate it. I can only hang out with other rich people yeah, yeah. Who, who hate, hate being oh. rich. And she's carrying like yeah. six hat boxes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that part made me, and something else you said earlier made me think of queen of Versailles because oh, yeah. I, whenever I think about <laughs> money, not making you happy, I think about the man in that movie, the owner of all the timeshares yeah, and yeah. how, deeply miserable he is and i think about that every time i think like money is money would just like make me incredibly happy i'm like it it might make your life convenient but not necessarily happy and like those aren't the same things mm -hmm. well so i worked for for many years for mark cuban um and he is i think one of the rare individuals who like genuinely was like he, he was had made a, he made up a, a lot of money in a, a kind of, of not a fluky way it's not that he didn't work hard but he, he made it in certainly a, a somewhat fluky way at the height of the dot-com boom um and uh and he just had such a healthy relationship 
with his wealth. He was like, it's an instrument. It's going to help me. I can, I can mess around with the Mavericks. And he, he had a, I mean, he bought a basketball team. <laughs> he bought a basketball team. And now, and, and he, and he just had it. He, he just was not fucked up by it in a way that, uh, it seemed exceptional, you know, not mm. the rule. Um, I but, always liked watching him on Shark Tank because he seemed to really. like, genuinely want to be Fucking there. Love and, like, watching him yeah. on Shark Tank. All those sharks are actually kind of. I love cool. Shark Tank. Yeah, it's a pretty I cool show. I love Shark Tank. They genuinely seem to like want to help these people. If, granted, the product has to be something that they like, but they like, I don't know. There's something cool about them kind of being like, yeah, let's make your product. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's so, it's nice to watch people redistribute their wealth mm -hmm. in like some kind of way and provide that kind of platform for folks who just never would have had access for I that. I think Dickie Greenleaf would be like the worst shark. <laughs> yeah. He would never do shark. He'd be like, who, <laughs> My like dad. who wants, who needs oven mitts? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what? Who cooks? You mean, you mean there's someone who removes it from the oven? <laughs> <laughs> It always just magically ends up on my table. Yeah. Oh my god, that bathroom attendant scene with Tom. Oh yeah. Ooh, do, are there still bathroom attendants like that? Is that a? I think that like brush your shoulders or? Right. I like, bet there is in fancy hotels. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen the ones that hand you paper towels that exist in like clubs or whatever. Freaking there's, Grove. There's, has there's a one. Bathroom there's one down the hall. I just got. <laughs> I went to the bathroom before the show. <laughs> okay. The big that was definitely a ghost. And, yeah. <laughs> that was a ghost. <laughs> it was here. That, that bathroom's definitely haunted, it's right? So yeah. creepy. If I believe anything, need yes. Oven mitts. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's something about going to the bathroom and the door right across is it says the fan room. I'm like, that's always a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> late at night enough. Michael Bean from the fan is just in there writing letters. Um, <laughs> Dearest bitch. <laughs> Cooper, have you ever seen that movie? The fan? Uh -huh. The, uh, what's it called? It was that, yeah. Uh, Lauren Bacall. Michael, Michael Bean, Bean, like 1982 oh, or three. 81. 81 you know slasher. What? You know what? Not, not, uh, talk about camp. Not, there's no right. Wesley Snipes and, uh, yes, not, that, <laughs> not that fan. Not that, not that fan. fan. You know, what? I've never seen, I've never seen that. Interesting. I recommend it's crazy. And mm -hmm. is it, is it, uh, what, what what's the subgenre? It's slasher. Slasher? Yeah. Oh, okay. But like, like McCall. Classy slasher. Yeah, classy slasher. Mm -hmm. So okay, there's only okay. a couple. It's about, an, it's uh, about a Broadway star who no, has a, a stalker. fading actress who has turned to Broadway. Right, who has turned to Broadway. Right. And Michael Bean, who's like 20 right. in the movie, right. has an infatuation with her. And he's really? obsessed with her and stalks her and kills people in her life. But he's also gay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really? Not mm -hmm. He doesn't so admit this it. This movie yeah. miss... Uh, that I, I thought I got all the sort of classy noir. Uh, it's a Paramount picture too. Oh yeah, it's, oh. it's Paramount released it. It's, it's so fucking I funny. It. Um, I need to watch that again. I need to watch Same. it again too. Uh, I pre-ordered the Screen Factory Blu-ray so we can have a party. <laughs> yes. wow. It's so great. Um, but yeah, Mr. Ripley. Um, I, one thing I do want to throw out there that hasn't been mentioned yet is that I am deeply in love with Jack Davenport's character in the second half of this movie. Yeah, he's great. Peter, mm. like the Peter person, Smith Kingsley. Yeah. The the person what who like name. actually loves Tom Ripley for Tom Ripley yeah. and th the fate he is delivered is just such a gut punch. And yeah. That's such a well, chilling, like Cooper said, sad it's end just because movie. Meredith just happens to show up again in one of the six places they go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, not only that, but remember her whole thing was she hates her family. Right. Yeah. And so she goes under a different name, whatever she, I she, think if he had told and, her, no, but she would have been like, cool. Well, well, but, but remember her, her family was with her. He, she, he, he says 
uh, are you are you with anyone? Oh, because what right. he's thinking is, is if she's I'm, not, he's going to tell her. No, he's going to kill her. No, he's going to kill her. Oh, you think yeah. he's going to he kill, kill her? Of course, oh, her yeah. family's there. Oh, and so oh, the yeah. fact that her family's and there, so this, so so of course, so if you if you played the whole movie from Meredith's point of view, her family saves her life, and then you know, steals Peter, and 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 then a death blow. Uh, I'm, look, push her well, off the bow. Tie goes to the family. Tie goes to right. I sorry. I also there's a part of me though that thinks she might have been because she does have that conversation with him about pretending to be somebody else, and she likes to ride in the R class, whatever the fuck that means. No, no, you're right. She would have been down. I think she might have been down if he's like, I killed Dicky, or I'm pretending to be Dicky. I'm Tom Ripley. I think I think it only would work if he were straight. Because he, she yeah. can't. She, she did love him. She loves. She's not gonna. But also, like, it's just like how she seems to be really close with Peter. How has Peter not been like? I have a new boyfriend. His name is Tom. <laughs> well, um, I was, don't think was, she's close with Peter. What makes you think she's close? I Maybe mean, Peter's close with Marge. But mm, but remember when she Peter, walks over to that 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 cafe. And they know oh, you're each right, other. Yeah. Oh, you're Peter? right. He didn't really you? remember her name at the opera house. Yeah. He's like, that's okay, whatever. You're right. Right. I read true. that wrong. But so yeah, Peter. Um, <laughs> Poor Peter. I want, I'm basically, when I go home, I'm going to write a fan fiction about like, he's still alive. They're like in their retirement home together, binge watching glow. You're going to once upon a time in Hollywood, Peter Smith. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, quick, quick, like, is he that great though? Because he's close with Gwyneth and w- Look, would we, he really date the guy that she thinks killed Dickie? We all do inadvisable things <laughs> for the D. We've talked about Well, this. remember they, they don't have cell phones back in the days. So it wasn't clear whether they were Gwyneth. Gwyneth doesn't come online as far as thinking that Tom was the killer. Because remember at that point, Dickie's still alive. Well, no, I'm thinking about when, she essentially confronts him in the hotel room with his Dickie's rings. He like essentially uh, cuts oh, is, his own fucking is, hand and is bleeding. Is Peter Smith Kingsley. Peter shows up and essentially uh, is like, yeah, is, there's so, a thought that it, he might actually kill Marge in that scene to me. And yeah. then Peter oh, yeah. Sh- oh, barges that's in like, in that moment. He has, right. the he's got a handful of pocket. blood. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, Just, because cause he gave he's Peter like, his key because they were going to hang out <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and chill. Um, Oh, interesting. You think that you think that interesting. So it's Peter kind of like that, a that, shit move on that, Peter's fault what, part yeah. to like Why date the guy that absolutely terrifies his best friend. Like right. terrifies. Right. That's her. a good that's that that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. The development note would be could could it be someone <laughs> other than Peter who comes that into comes that in room? <laughs> We're worried about what this says about could Peter. Dickie's dad show up in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I Philip Baker Hall is he available that day to shoot? He's <laughs> so great and everything. I always this movie reminded me of his episode of Seinfeld where he plays the oh, la, bookman. the book librarian, bookman, bookman. Yeah, plays a librarian detective named Mister Bookman. Wait, who? Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 He essentially plays the same exact character, like yeah. just a hard ass, but he's a book detective. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And Jerry forgot to return a book like twenty years yeah. earlier. It's got one of the yeah. best scenes when he's fucking grilling him in his own apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's doing like, isn't there like a glass of water in it or yeah, whatever? Yeah, and, uh, and he's like, yeah. listen here, funny boy. <laughs> it's so good. It's on Hulu. So, Mr. Ripley. Way to bring it back. Thank yeah. you. I do my best. Yeah. Um, I tend to go on Seinfeld, Married we, with Children, or... We should have a full... Grace tangent. A full sitcoms episode just for you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I almost brought up Karen from Will and Grace earlier. <laughs> 
Of course. Because she has a line in an episode where she's like, honey, would you like a co- coffee magically appeared again today? Would you like a cup? <laughs> <laughs> That's how rich she is. <laughs> you know, yeah, that would have been beneficial for the conversation. Don't know why I didn't say it. Um, but does anyone have a favorite shot from this movie? Because I think Ooh. it's really well shot. Sorry, Dude, I'll... the mirrors. I mean, the, I mean, there's the last shot, obviously, but there's a lot of there's a lot of. A lot of great mirrors in the in the movie. I think my favorite mirror image would be when he's closing the piano lid Ooh. and the like oh, two yeah. halves of his face light. Yeah, it, it is yeah. that is really great. It is uh, Tom Ripley mitosis. Like yeah. his identities are splitting, yeah. and he puts on his glasses. Yeah. Well, but there's also the train. In. You know that shot in the glass window. Like persona. I forgot. I was yeah. for some reason I recollected that Jude Law had his other eye open and was like seeing this happen. He did. He, ca- he totally he catches does, him. He right? catches him, but he catches him a second after. Too late. Tom has done the is essentially kind of a sniffed up. Uh, a morph. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh he, did, did you say sniffing beauty? Sniffing dicky. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that happened. sniffing beauty is great yeah, too. Okay, beauty. Thank you. But I love that uh my favorite is the cafe where Marge and Meredith are kind of yeah. forced to be bumped into each other and the shot selection there is great because he really gives you a full grasp of how that really is playing out. Like a lot of the, I think a lesser director would just show a, a shot over Matt Damon's shoulder once. Yeah. But we really got an, a sense of like how far away mm-hmm. he was yeah. and how small he looked mm-hmm. to them when mm-hmm. we showed, yeah. he showed Marge and Peter walking yeah. kind of towards yeah. the cafe. And we saw all those steps. Yeah. I, yeah, I love yeah. that whole scene, just the way it was like the selections. Oh yeah. 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 And, yeah. I love the, and the fact that you don't, you don't, they do a good job in that movie of like, you're not really sure what Tom's plan is. He yeah. Sort of says 1030. Yeah. I didn't know what his plan yeah. was either. And then you get about, you get about half, you get about into the scene. You're like, oh, he's getting married out of the way. He's, 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 and he's, and he's also, he's, he's creating essentially an alibi for himself. Mm-hmm. Like he, Dickie's alive and, mm-hmm. and Meredith is a eyewitness to that. And, uh, and you sort of, you realize it kind of halfway through what his plan was. Yeah. And then, then you get anxious for what if the fucking plan goes wrong? Mm-hmm. What if they actually talk to each other in a, like, what if, what if fucking Meredith sits down? You know? Yeah. Like what if <laughs> she then, does sit down? Then, yeah. Then, then you're screwed. Yeah. Tom. And then just the, just what the, she forgot a glove. High, yeah. The high wire act. <laughs> oh yeah. One of her leather gloves. Uh, are you guys, are you guys match point heads or, uh, you know the the, mm-hmm. the Woody Allen movie Match Point. That that movie also does a really good job of like, of like you're like, you're like wait, holy crap! I'm totally rooting for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, there was times where I was like this fucking asshole, but then there's times where I'm like, hey, oh, you're like nervous uh, for yeah, him. You don't yeah. want him yeah. to get caught. Yeah. I kept waiting for her, and I've seen this before. And there's a little part of me that just was like, don't go back there, Meredith. Don't mm-hmm. go back there. He's busted if you go back yeah. there. Yeah. Also, that per- that scene is such a great performance from Gl- Kate Blanchett. Where oh, her, she's devastated. Her like social in public face cracks yeah. just that little yeah. bit. Yeah. Oof. That was, she's mm-hmm. devastated and like she's trying to like protect Dickie at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot going yeah. on, right? And her. also trying to like like almost be like woman to woman, like you know, it's she's got she's so fucking good. Oh yeah, and, like and that's the that's the one downside to this movie to me is like you could have. You have Kate Blanchett and Gwyneth Paltrow, and you could have gotten so many more of these types of amazing scenes from the two of them. Yeah. You're saying it could have been longer than two and a half hours? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. Nay, was there a cinematic moment that stood out to you at all that, like, rises to your mind? I think really the tub scene mm-hmm. and, like, the shot it's from just above. Gorgeous. That, yeah. yeah, and then how he gets out and just walks past him. Yeah, that made me realize that he actually has a better ass than Ryan Phillippe oh and Cruel Intentions. 
Very similar. Was, was he previously yeah. like at the number one slot? And that's what I think a general consensus from gays is. is like that's the bar. Shots is Ryan Phillippe and Cruel Intentions. Well, you know, no, there's no wild things. You guys don't go for Kevin Bacon and the, wild things. The dong shot. Well, I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's both. <laughs> both. <laughs> wild things. By the way, it would be amazing if if at the end of the talented Mr. Ripley, you know, fancy Oscar nominated movie, they had a credit sequence that where they had all the scenes that would have had to have happened <laughs> for, for the movie to make sense. You know, that's like really the, the the off camera. Uh, you know, let's. Uh, I need to know. watch Wild Things again. Oh man, the the, the the end the end credits of Wild Things are the greatest. Wild thing Things ever. is a fun ass movie. Oh my god, Denise returns. By the way, I feel like yes. if someone rolled up to Netflix today and said, "We are going to go more purple than Wild Things," and just just go. I mean, I I feel like there there is an audience for that kind of. That kind of totally gonzo thriller, th- like yeah, just yeah. erotic thriller. I, I mean, guess maybe that's like what is it? What if is that what is that? Is like that the show with Renee Zellweger? Zellweger? Yeah, yeah, like is there is there? I mean, I guess American it's Horror Story sometimes go to go. But in I that feel direction. like you're right if they because they corner the market on the romantic comedy movie. Yeah, I think they could corner the market on like, on like basic instinct cuckoo. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wild yeah. thing style. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. If only I knew, any, knew, knew someone who was in the <laughs> scripted content business. <laughs> I throw a script on your lap. <laughs> yeah. By the way, can we have can we can we actually do a real conversation about about your about your project? I feel like right here. Yeah, I feel oh, like this is like, sure. <laughs> if you if allow I'm it. A, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. If I'm a listener and I, and and there's an announcement that Michael Kennedy co-wrote with Chris Landon a movie that's about to go into production, I'd be like, wait, how, he was on this podcast like how 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 did that happen can like we, how did it get the, like yeah it like come yeah. together yeah what, what what yeah exactly okay well i mean i didn't know if you'd if you'd want me to talk about it at all if chris would want you to talk about it no if you bum house i'd be thrilled for you to talk, <laughs> talk about it okay um yeah so do you i mean you know the story right? i know the story but yeah. really listeners don't do you, know the story okay so i <laughs> so i had this idea for the movie yes I mean, people and, don't and to be clear, it's, it's a it's a it's a body switching it's a body, slasher movie. Body swap okay. slasher movie, and I had a idea for this body swap slasher <clears throat> about a year ago, and I was just kind of sitting on it because I ended up selling a pilot to the CW with mm-hmm. Chelsea Stardust. I don't know yes. if you knew that. I did know that. Yes. So then she and Chelsea I were right. Uh, former Jason Blum assistant. Yeah, she was Jason. Now assistant. filmmaker. Yes. Um, Satanic Panic. On yeah. VOD and select theaters September sixth. So it kind of like sat while I was writing that with her. And then in the beginning of this year, I started getting a pitch ready to bring to Turek at yes, Blumhouse. Yes, yes. Ryan Turek, who has not been on this show. He has not. And he was, he was, uh, he wants to be, though. he wants he to be. He's like, you're having not, someone yeah. else from Blumhouse yeah. before me. And I was like, yeah, bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, what are you doing? You're that's busy so in Haddonfield. What are you doing that's so important, Ryan? <laughs> so, uh, after the CW, unfortunately passed on yeah. my script. I yeah. finally got back around to this project and I was at lunch with Chris Landon one yeah. day and was telling him about it in the, and you knew Chris, did, Chris came on the podcast. Chris came right? on the podcast and Chris and I became friends from being on the show. From being on the show. Yeah. Okay. Hollywood. Um, <clears throat> building. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So then at lunch, I was telling Chris about the project and I was getting ready to meet with Ryan in like a week. And Chris, yeah. because he's the nicest man in the world, was like, if you want, I'll take a look at it and help you get it ready. So I wrote, I had like a nine page right, pitch right. that I was essentially going to read to Turk because right. pitching terrifies me. And Chris met me to 
help help me. So he so you you emailed to him, and then he was like, "Let's meet." He no, so he was like, "I'll come by one day next week." Right, right. So just let me know what you have. So he like came, and I had these nine pages, and I was gonna pitch it to Chris, and he was like, "This is weird. I'm just gonna read it with you in the room." <laughs> He's like. Like, I don't want you to pitch it to me. He's like, a, he and I are both kind of terrified of pitching, believe it or not. Chris uh, is not terrified of pitching. And he's very good at it, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's so good at it. So he's like, let me just read it since you have pages. Yeah. So, like, he read, and about 15 minutes later, I hear him laughing, and he just is like, I want to make this movie. I mean. And I said, seriously? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to direct it or do you want to write it? He goes, well, I would love to write it with you. And I was like, okay. So he's like, let's sleep on it. We can configure it out tomorrow and inside. I'm like, sure. Yeah, let's sleep on it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I should. should. It's the safest thing to do. Sleep on it. Yeah, we'll sleep on it. Um, So, yeah. So we agreed to to work on it together. That was like in April. I mean, it's crazy. And then we outlined it in a week. And then we wrote it in three. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, we wrote the script in three weeks. Well, Chris... I mean, I'm not to, not to take anything away from 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 you. Chris, I mean, Chris, is, Chris is, is incredible. Brilliant. Chris is incredible. Happy Death Day two script. I think he may have written it in two and a half weeks yeah. from the Fever Dream. Um, but uh, <laughs> from, from, um, but uh, but uh, you know that this has happened before for a Blumhouse movie. Do you know which Blumhouse movie? Like Originated a similar situation exactly as Chris and I. Yeah, you know exactly the same way. Car- I- Cargill, Cargill. Oh, was Sinister? It, it, yeah. Oh, you know what? I did know he that because he a... tweeted something to the effect about him and Derrickson getting together that way. I was he... like, what movie is called Cargill? Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's the writer sorry. of Sinister. Well, Massa oh, Worm. Yeah, yeah. He was a Annie Cool News writer and he was Massa Worm. If, any, if you, anyone readers um, know his handle. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he, he pitched it one at a junket. Scott Derrickson. Did he and pitch it to Scott or he just happened he to pitched be it to there? Scott. No, he was, he, I think he met Scott at a junket. I think, you know what? He's, I think he may have just stayed in touch with Scott after meeting him at a, at a junket for exorcism of Emily Rose or whatever. Great and, movie. Uh, great movie. Wow. And, um, so good. um, not queer enough. I feel like for this, for this podcast, but, we'll um, do it anyway. You'll yeah. do it anyway. Laura Linney's there. Um, <laughs> yes. Laura, Laura Linney's just a free pass. She's an agnostic, which um, is kind of queer. But, uh, yeah, he, he, pitched, <laughs> he pitched it to Scott and Scott, did the same thing and, no kidding and, uh, and now he's writing dr strange too um but uh anyway so yeah yeah, yeah. Dr- yes it's it's, so, it's, yeah. it's not it's uh i don't think the i, I feel like the re- readers at home or listeners at home should not necessarily take this as like the the, the normal the way <laughs> that's actually when so you and i had lunch <laughs> yeah. a week after you guys bought it yeah and the first thing cooper said to me is he's like you know this isn't normal right? <laughs> <laughs> everything happens at lunch i need to start going to lunch <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, then that was in. You, you guys bought it in May. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> and uh, and greenlit it like three days later. It, uh, yeah, a few days later, and now now Vincent, now Vincent, Catherine, Vincent are going to swap bodies. Yeah. Um, it's so finally. Fun. I'm so I, I was telling Michael before the recording. I was like, because Sergio, my boyfriend, was like, "Oh, why don't you ask Michael to show you the script so you can read the script?" And I was like, "Fuck no! I want to watch this movie. It sounds <laughs> awesome. Yes, you want to watch this happen? Yeah, I don't want to. It's oh, so uh, fun." Uh, It'll be so fun. It's so fun. And the rest of the cast, I can't wait until they're announced because they're all great. They're, they're, they're great. They're yeah. great. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. So does Talented Mr. Ripley get a pride float? That's a good question. Hold on, hold on. Can we define our terms here? So uh, it's just, <laughs> is that, that's just like a, a, a gay thumbs up? Can they, that, is it, is, is, is like it, a literal pride Does it have like yeah. a positive representation? 
doesn't have an accessible representation. Well, well, I should be the one to determine that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't think so. I go back and forth because, okay. So there was an article I was reading today that came out in the early two thousands, right after this movie was nominated for a bunch of golden globes and Oscars and stuff. And it was essentially a person who was annoyed that this movie didn't have any pushback from queer folks. Uh-huh. Um, essentially talking about how like they were shocked that queer folks didn't give any pushback, that it turned into like this high art Oscar nominee mm-hmm. and was heralded as like a, a stepping stone in queer cinema. And this person was kind of annoyed. Like it's about a sociopathic killer that is killing because he's a closeted gay man. Um, but he, this person ended their um, piece with this as, has the gay constituency grown up or fizzled out? Has it been moved beyond some simplistic pamphleteering and embraced a multi-labeled identity? Or is it simply in sync with a post-Philadelphia, post-Birdcage, post-my-best-friend's-wedding world? Depending on whom you ask, that's a question that will yield a multitude of answers. One thing is clear, though, given the reaction to this movie, Mr. Ripley is not a gay serial killer. Oh, no. He's a serial killer who just happens to be gay. Huh. That seems like a good thing. I was just going to say, and for me, if you define it in those terms, that Mm. is a step forward in queer representation. Because if you Mm -hmm. get to when you get to a place where your villain just happens to be gay and isn't defined by being gay. Uh huh. Then to me, that does warn a pride float. And because because there are bad people within every, every group, group of people. Yes. Um. And yeah, for me, uh, it's obviously it's a complicated thing. I I always have mixed feelings about you know the deadly gays in movies. Yes. Um. The but deadly gays. <laughs> thank you. Um. But I the way I always like to look at it is like the real villain is the closet, and it's the poisonousness of that mm-hmm. that is kind of forcing them into this desperate position. Um, and there's no way to, you know, justify murdering someone, but it within fiction, the fact that a movie, this gay came out in 1999 is something based on a novel from 1955. Yeah. Is something I I like to celebrate. So I'm going to say no to 2019. Yes to 1999. Yeah. I I would say that. I would say that too. Um, but there wouldn't actually be a float because everyone's glasses would be too steamed up to see anything anyway. (laughs) Nay, what do you think? Um, probably just a no. Uh-huh. <laughs> just a no for either year. But what's funny is that I, I didn't see his killing coming from being this like crazed person in the closet. I always mm-hmm. thought it was like a class thing. Uh-huh. Oh, that, oh you yeah. You know? And um, so, yeah, of course, when we reflect back on it, maybe it is disappointing when the deadly gays show up. But... um. It was done. It it did feel like a coincidence and not like a driving yeah. And when there's to yeah. me, there's also a good aspect to it too, where there there is Peter, who unfortunately mm-hmm. does die, but there uh-huh. is a great representation in the movie as well. Like we've always talked about here, like where it's if it's the only rep- representation and it's like an evil sociopath, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But at least like 
a movie in 1999 gave us a, a second gay character to root That's for true. as opposed to just the one person that we usually yeah, do Yeah, it, it's not a gay panic movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not from the straight perspective in the of most like, look loving, at this crazy gay. Yeah. And the most loving, committed relationship in the movie until he kills him <laughs> is between the two men. Like yeah, there's yeah. a genuine love and affection there where you get the sense that everyone else is kind of yeah. just going through the rich motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including Gwena. And, yeah. to, and to step on kind of Brendan's point about it's the closet that's the villain. The fact that he's able to use the closet to get out of the the the, the trap that, that he's mm-hmm. in is like, to me, it's like hoisting the closet by its own petard in, in, in the movie. I, I, I feel like, huh. and, and again, I, I, I feel like I don't get to issue a, <laughs> a, 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 a pride float. Um, but I, w- I will say, I, I feel like, especially in the, so we made a movie um, that J.D. Dillard directed that you have not seen, Michael. I don't think it's called Sweetheart. That's coming out in December on Netflix. Okay. And oh, Kiersey Clemens stars. And there is, it. she just happens to be black. And that's just has nothing to do with the story. Like ma. Ma, well, ma, and I agree, ma, ma, ma as as well. And I feel like we, the, the interesting thing about ma was there's one there's one line in the whole movie of ma, which I'm going to spoil right now. Which she said she paints the black kid's face, Darrell's mm. face white, and says there's only room for one of us. The only reference to to to, to race in the entire movie. Um, but there's something that's like. You know, I feel, you know, people uh, of all stripes should be able to play the complicated characters, the villains, the good guys, the, 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 the anything. We have this movie that actually just came out in theaters called Don't Let Go. That's just literally was written. It, it was a cop and her, his niece and it had nothing to do. Yeah, I think with, I was reading somewhere that it was Terry's idea. It was. It cast. was Terry who, 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 who runs our, who, who runs our casting, but it was, it was written just totally no no race no nothing um and uh and and again i to me i'm not saying that like you know i mean you know what i will say it actually a movie like hitch probably does more than 12 years a slave as as far as actually changing people's perception of race and culture (laughs) um in that it's not virtue signaling it's not it's not it's not about it just it just just you know, is just is exactly and uh and i remember there was a there was a amazing onion headline around the time that hitch came out that was uh the, the headline <laughs> was the uh, uh ava mendez deemed exactly the right color to play opposite <laughs> will smith <laughs> and um but 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 I, anyway i just i just i just think that you know if if things are just viewed as if if you know you just the the the, the movie reflects the world to some extent, obviously it's not going to reflect it exactly, but it's going to be a heightened version of the world. Then, um, then, you know, you just get closer to, to having, not having to call out the sort of exceptional nature of something. It's just, it's just part of the, the white noise of. The yeah. World. I wish we could just get there quicker and more often. Cause there is something about Tom in that way. He just happens to like this guy said, yeah. he just happens to be gay. Yeah. Uh, poor Peter. Are you okay, Brennan? Uh, I'm going to cry on the car ride home. <laughs> I look cause I watched this movie for the first time a year ago. And I think about Peter way more than I think about Mr. Ripley or Dickie Greenleaf. <laughs> He's the I just sweetest character in the entire yeah. movie. Yeah. And also just the weirdness of, Oh, that's Jack Davenport from smash. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember him mostly from coupling. Oh, mm-hmm. 
That's where I was first introduced to him. Of course it was. No, not, BBC. Pirate, not Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> BBC sitcom coupling. Not really. Yeah. It was like their friends clone. Michael is highly sitcom literate. I love sitcoms. Right. Wow. So that was like BBC's version of Friends in like the late uh, 90s. Right, right. And, and then, then the U.S. Tried to, tried to remake that here, yeah, which was like yeah. you're remaking your own show. From that. It's funny. Yeah. But coupling's very funny. Noted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where can we find everybody? Cooper, are you on, are you on any social I'm on, media? I'm on nothing. I'm on nothing. Can find you at Blumhouse. You can, yeah, Carrier Pigeon, <laughs> Blumhouse on Beverly Boulevard. Perfect. You can follow Blumhouse at Blumhouse. Yeah, at Blumhouse. <laughs> at, 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 at Blumhouse. I'll definitely be following that. Perfect. No, I won't. <laughs> what about you, Nate? Uh I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Black Cupcake. I'm on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken and Brennan. Um, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. You can find our Facebook group at Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack. Please do read that talented Mr. Ripley. I need to see this. Just the reads. Oh, you have to read them. I'll, I'll send you some screenshots. Yeah, send me screenshots. I'm not on Facebook. Um, find my full uh, cadre of creamy reviews on alternateending.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brains. Th- Cooper, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It was fun. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.